We're in 2 Samuel chapter 17. David is on the run. He's fleeing Jerusalem. Absalom has come in to Jerusalem. Ahithophel, uh, a former trusted counselor of David, has advised Absalom to take David's concubines, who still live in David's house there in Jerusalem, and he says, go into them. Have sinful sexual relations with them in the sight of all of Israel. So Absalom pitches a tent on top of David's house, and Absalom violates all of his father's concubines. Ahithophel's advice has drove a wedge between David and Absalom that cannot be repaired. This was like the total separation of the two. There's no hope of them ever reconciling now. And it's a relationship that cannot be repaired. And that's exactly what Ahithophel wanted. Ahithophel has had a deep revenge and hatred towards David. For Bathsheba was Ahithophel's granddaughter. And David violated Bathsheba, had her husband killed, and Ahithophel can't get over it. And the revenge, the hatred that Ahithophel has felt for years has finally had some satisfaction of revenge. There is a axiom, an old saying, hate holds the hater. That's true. And in this case, Ahithophel is prisoner to his hate towards David. And so let's listen to Ahithophel as he advises Absalom as to what to do. 2 Samuel 17, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and make him afraid, and all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. I will bring back all the people to you when all return except the man whom you seek. All the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Now Ahithophel, he's not a man of war. He's an advisor. He's personally willing to lead an attack against David, and he wants to do it immediately. I will arise. I will come upon David while he is weary and weak. And then we have Ahithophel making a little slip of the lip. I will strike only the king. Ahithophel still assumes the kingship of David 
in the presence of Absalom. He still regards David as the king. Ahithophel's advice is kill David while he is vulnerable. Kill only the king and save Israel, and you'll save Israel, uh, Absalom, of a civil war between you and your dad. So let me go kill David. For Ahithophel is willing to lead this attack. But Absalom, he wants to hear another opinion. He wants to receive further counsel from someone else. And so we see Hushai coming to the scene. Uh, verses 5 through 13. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he says too. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. So Hushai said to Absalom, The advice of Ahithophel has, that he has given is not good at this time. For Hushai said, You know your father and his men. They are mighty men, and they are enraged in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war, and then not will camp. He will not camp with the people. Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or some other place. And it will be when some of them are overthrown at first that whoever hears it will say, There is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all of Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you, from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as dew falls on the ground. And on him all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all of Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it into the river until there is not one stone found there. Remember now, David has sent Hushai to counteract Ahithophel's wisdom and counsel. Now, you've got to be careful not to miss this. God is with Hushai to defeat Ahithophel's uh, advice and wisdom against David. God is right in the middle of judging and chastising David. Yet God will defend him from his enemies. What a great lesson for us there. Absalom, he wants that second opinion. He's not totally sold on Ahithophel's advice. And so he calls in Hushai. And his response is, the advice of Ahithophel, it's not good at this time. And Hushai gives Absalom his advice. It's interesting to notice how graphic Hushai is. David and his men are mighty men. 
they're enraged, like a mother bear robbed of her cubs. And don't forget, Absalom, your father is a mighty man of war. And he says, rather, Absalom, you should gather all of Israel to yourself. You should become a mighty army. Go then and battle David in person. Fall upon David like dew falls upon the ground. And if David has retreated to a city, pull it down with ropes and pull it into the river. But now let's read verse 14. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. For the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster upon Absalom. God is intent on defeating the good counsel of Ahithophel. Why? Because God is not in the uprising of Absalom. He wants to bring disaster upon Absalom. And God himself has caused Absalom and the elders of Israel to declare the counsel of Hushai is better than Ahithophel. God directs the affairs of all of us, whether we realize it or not. And Absalom, he is simply a puppet to the will and determination of God against himself. That example applies to everyone who sets themselves against God. God is God, and we are the ones who must respond to his direction. Wasn't it King Nebuchadnezzar who ate grass in a field like an ox for three and a half years or seven seasons or whatever it was? He was the mightiest king that ever lived, and yet God had him like an ox out in the field. But Hushai, his counsel appeals to the vanity of Absalom. And the reason is this, David has prayed. God defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And that's in 2 Samuel 15, 31. And David's prayer went, O Lord, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And David, he's being chased by Absalom, he's being chastised by God, but he's not forsaken by God. And that's important for us to realize. God is not out to destroy David, but he's out to correct David. And that's a blessing for David. Have you ever been corrected by God? Hmm. You ever been taken out behind the woodshed? Yep. Whom God loves, he chastens. I'm convinced there's not a one of us here that's a finished product. Because if we were a finished product, we would already be out of here. 
but God is still working in our hearts and lives. David is a man of God. You and I are God's people. And God does not abandon us when he corrects us. If you love your children, you will correct them. And it's not always pleasant. My dad used to say, son, this is going to hurt me more than you. <laughs> I beg your pardon, dad. <laughs> that whooping hurt. My dad would whoop all of us, though. If I got in trouble, my brother and sister got in trouble, too. If they got in trouble, I got in trouble. You know, my dad didn't believe in uh, singling out the one that was naughty. He just got us all. But anyway... But God doesn't abandon us when he corrects us. God hears and answers the prayer of David to defeat the counsel of Ahithophel while God is in the midst of correcting David. Let's read verses 15 through 22. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abathar the priest, Thus and so Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel. And thus and so I have advised. Now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend the night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan and Ahinazaz stayed at Enrogel, for they dared not to be seen coming into the city, so a female servant would come and tell them, and they would go and tell the king. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom. But both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in Bahurim, who had a well in his court, and they went down into it. Excuse me. Then the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth, and spread grain on it, and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servant came to the woman at the house, they said, Where is Ahinazaz and Jonathan? So the woman said to them, They have gone over the water brook. And when they had searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. Now it came to pass, after they had departed, that they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus Ahithophel advised against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. And so we have. We have Absalom and his open sin of taking David's concubines is not accepted by all of Israel. There remains what we would call a moral support by many of the people of Israel that still want David as their king. And we read of this woman who hides Jonathan and Ahinazah in a well that is in her yard. These two men, Jonathan and Ahinazah, are spies for David. But let's look at the end, the conclusion of Ahithophel. And that's in verse 23. 
Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house, to this, his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died, and he was buried in his father's tomb. Ahithophel, he is not so vain as to kill himself because Hushai's advice was more pleasing to Absalom. No, Ahithophel knows he will be implicated in Absalom's conspiracy against David, and he's the dead man. He knows all hope against David is lost. He puts his house in order. A good and prudent thing to do. And then he kills himself. He hangs himself. Suicide is the sin of self-murder. Suicide leaves family and friends to deal with another person's taking of their life. Ahithophel, he's smart enough, he's prudent enough to put his house in order, but he's so foolish now as to kill himself. And to a Jew, that's a mortal sin. Uh, Jews definitely believe that suicide is uh, the unforgivable last sin or act you can do. He's wise enough to set his house in order, but he shows a madness of mind in killing himself. Many of us know of someone who has committed suicide. And what they do is they leave their friends, they leave loved ones, they leave family to deal with their death. It's an extreme act of severe rebellion against God when God says you shall not murder, and that includes yourself. And it shows a lack of love, a lack of concern in regard for those who are left behind to clean up your mess. Now, if you and I can understand a person becoming so distraught as to kill themselves, do you not think God also can understand that? God knows us completely. He even knows our thought processes. I love it when Jesus uh, would be debating with the scribes and Pharisees and he would answer their thoughts. I like that. <laughs> You can't outthink or outsmart God, and you, for heaven's sakes, don't battle against God. He understands us because He made us. God can understand a person being distraught enough in their trouble and pain as to kill themselves. He doesn't approve of it, but He can understand it. G. Campbell Morgan, a famous English uh, scholar, calls suicide the ultimate act of cowardice. And I kind of agree with that. We have a Hithophel, though, 
He's a wise man. Scripture calls him a, a great counselor. But he has allowed hate and revenge against David to destroy him. It has destroyed him. And he can't humble himself. Forgiveness remained for Ahithophel, but he can't bring himself to repent. But he resorts to murder. Murder of himself. And that's a very sad ending to a man known to be a wise counselor. Ahithophel, he is example A of how the wisdom of the world can bring death. He was regarded very wise. So today, what does the wisdom of the world say to us? Education is touted as the answer to man's quest for a better life. And I'm first one to admit, education is better than being uneducated, okay? I'm not coming against education, but true wisdom lies in knowing and obeying your Lord and Creator. That's true wisdom. And much of the world, uh, it, it's ignorant of the wisdom of submitting to an all-knowing, loving God. The world is ignorant of true wisdom. Chapter 18, we will see Absalom's end. But here in chapter 17, we saw the end of a worldly wise counselor, Ahithophel. And it's sad. It really is a sad story. But today, we have psychiatrists. They are, most of them are very intelligent people, but they happen to have the highest rate of suicide among all doctors, psychiatrists. And they only prove that handling another person's sins and problems is beyond us. They're proof that we do not have all the answers. And it's a sad but graphic picture of man's inability to deal with life's problems. David, while being judged and chastised by God, is still a man of prayer and repentance. You could throw at David all kind of difficulties. You could throw his sin at him and everything else, and David would be quick to repent. God is in the midst, in the next chapter or two, of restoring David to his position as king. Because David would humble himself and repent. What a word for us. What a word for us. Be quick to repent, my friends. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.
Father, I know that in my own life, when I sin, and you know I sin often, I will try to do good things to get back in your good graces when all I should do is just humbly repent before you. So, Lord, help us to see the beauty of repentance. We do not have to continue in our opposition against you in your ways. You've given us repentance, and repentance simply means to turn from our sins, turn from our direction, and go in the opposite direction. So, Lord, help us to do that. We see David, a sinful man in many ways, yet he had that beautiful ability to repent before you and to enjoy those times of refreshing. And you would even work for David while you were chastising David. You would work on his behalf. You wanted to correct David, and you did, Lord. And David responded to that correction. May we be wise enough to respond to the correction you bring in our lives. And thank you, Lord, for working with us, for not casting us aside, but choosing, rather, to make us into men and women of God. And we thank you for that. So, Lord, go before us. Cause us to... Repent quickly of our sins, but turn to you and enjoy those times of refreshing that come when we're forgiven. Thank you for repentance, Lord. And we pray that uh, we would be quick and we'd be wise enough to enjoy repentance. Thank you, Lord, for it. And we just pray in Jesus' name.